Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Many are labeling them this year's version of Moneyball. It's hard to say it's going to bring much success when it comes to the St. George Dragons. You are listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I am your host, the SC Whisperer. As always, joined by Brew. Mate, the Dragons are a really, really interesting one to put your finger on this year. It could go one or two ways. They were surprising last year they, as, to finish as high as 11th, um, but it, it did tail away. They were looking looking for a little bit of finals footy chances midway through the year, but it tailed off at the back end. Do we see an improvement on the 11th, or do we think all these signings are not going to particularly help? It's just a bit of paper over the cracks. Yeah, it's... um, I don't have them going too good this year, to be honest. I don't particularly love the majority of the team. I think most of the team is ageing, and the guys coming through are the opposite. They're really young. Look, they, like you said, they could go either way. They could surprise and maybe end up finishing ninth or 10th, but I personally have them finishing 15th. I have them in 15th as well, I'm pretty sure, or maybe even 14th. I, I think I have them... I think I may, may have the Tigers in 15th. I can't can't particularly remember. I'm going to have to look at the ladder again, but I do have them sort of in that vicinity. Look, last year they did finish 11th with an 8-16 and 16 record. To have eight wins in the season and finish 11th, I think is an indictment on the rest of the competition, not so much the Dragons. Eight wins is, is not good. Um, like I said, they finished 11th in the, the ladder, and surprisingly enough, they finished 11th in attack and 11th in defense. So they finished right about where they were supposed to. The concerning thing when it comes to owning any kind of Dragons assets this year is the fact they've got New Zealand away, Penrith at home, Cronulla at home, Parramatta away, south the way to start the first five rounds. I could think of some better draws to start with, mate. That, that is not a good one to kick things off with. No, that's that's ugly. Um, New Zealand's obviously not a bad game, but then you've got four very tough games, a couple of easy games, and uh, I think you've got Sydney and Melbourne, you know, in just before round 10 or something like that. So it's certainly not not a great draw by any means. Not not at all, yeah. It's 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 worrying. They could definitely be 0-5. Uh, and then, yeah, with the draws 6 and 7 as well afterwards, it could be could be a whole lot worse for Dragons fans. They've had a stack of ins, a stack of outs. When it comes to the ins, they've picked up Jaden Sewer, Tau Moga from the Rabbitohs. They picked up Francis Molo from the Cowboys. They picked up George Burgess from Wigan. They picked up Moses Mbai from the Tigers. Moses Suli, Jack Gasecki from Manly, and Aaron Woods from Cronulla. Um, when it comes to the outs, there is a lot here. So Eddie Blacker off to Penrith, Tyron Wishart off to Melbourne, Cameron McInnes off to the Sharks, Matt Dufty, Paul Vaughan off to the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, Adam Clune off to Newcastle, Jordan Piera off to Brisbane, Kate Ellis off to Wigan, Braden Williami off to Rugby, Hayden Lomax off to a Group 9 side, so Country Rugby. Uh, Corey Norman is retired. Jared Beale and Br- Billy Britton have been released 
Mate, there's a lot more first graders leaving that side than ones coming in. That's that's the concerning thing for me. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of lot of bouts there. That's a mass exodus. So, uh, I really, I honestly do not know, not do not know what to expect from this club this year. The forward pack's too old for me, to be honest. Like most of the guys in there are either past their best or subpar to begin with so i don't mind the back line it's there's a little bit of excitement there uh that that back line could grow over time most of those players are quite young so i don't mind that but i just i'm not a huge fan of the dad's army forward pack they've got going on who who are the big inclusions here that were excited Jaden sewer and moses Suley are the only ones that are really going to be affecting this 13 like the the starting 13 and you've lost mckinnis you've lost dufty you've lost vaughn you've lost clune you've lost piera uh, there's five guys who you could argue were first grade quality, and you've brought in maybe two, if we're counting Sua and Suli. Like it's it's a big turnover, but is it a quality turnover? And I don't think it is, unfortunately. Yeah, like I said, that you look at Woods, Maguire, Burgess. They're aging. They're getting on in their careers. You've got Tarek Sims, great player, probably coming off one of his best seasons. But at the same time, again, he's another aging player. Jaden Sewer, in my opinion, is a very subpar player. I don't rate him very highly personally. And Moses Suli's, you know, he's had a lot of chances. He, he did impress at Manly, but he was also in a very gifted position at Manly. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes when he's no longer getting things put on a platter. I think I could have looked good outside of Turbo last season. Just quietly, mate, it um, wasn't a very hard job description last year when your role was to stand on the left side of the field and have Turbo feed your ball. So it'll be very interesting to see how they go. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see how George Burgess comes back from his, not even hip, uh, how do you put it? It's not even like a hip repair. It's like a basically a full replacement. So definitely nervous times to watch. I don't know if I'll start with him because it's just a, such a risky injury. But I'm keen to see him, because on his day, was one of the best front row forwards in the world uh, when fully fit. Aaron Woods, big point to prove, coming off a pretty disappointing season with, well, disappointing stint with Cronulla. Uh, Jaden Sewer, former Origin star, he's got some, some things to prove as well, and we've touched on Moses Sawley. The big exclusions, I know that we've touched on, on Cameron McInnes enough and what he does to the side, but I know it went up in flames with Barbecue Gate with, with someone like Paul Vaughan, they're just looking at the way Jordan Pierre played in the weekend in, in the trial. Like, he offers a bit of flair in that back line too. So, a couple of these decisions to let some plays go, I, I don't particularly understand. Eddie Blacker um, is quite a highly rated forward. I'm not too sure why they didn't try and keep him. And obviously, Tyrant Wishard too. Like, there's plenty of wraps on him. And now Melbourne pick him up and will probably develop him into a superstar. Yeah, Wishard's a... Um, he's a loss for them. The, the, the name that raised my eyebrows when I saw the list was... Billy Britton. Billy Britton is quite a talented hooker. So I'm quite surprised that they've released him and let him go. The Dragons do have some good young youngsters coming through. And when we're trying to assemble a side, between the likes of guys like Sullivan, Amon and Sloan, one of them has to miss out in my 17. And I guess it's good because they've got some good back depth, but it's going to be very interesting to debate that we have over the next sort of half an hour or so working out how we're going to assemble this Dragon side. One thing to note is Josh Maguire. He is suspended for the first six weeks um, just to continually piling on the loading charges when it comes to the judiciary. So 
No Josh Maguire for the first, uh, yeah, five or six weeks. Mate, the back line, I think Tyrell Sloan has now picked himself at fullback. I don't see anyone coming in and displacing him. There was some talk on Cody Ramsey potentially playing fullback because he is quite good defensively, but Hook does rate Tyrell Sloan. Uh, compared him to, to David Peachy, what he can do on both sides of the footy. So there's some pretty high wraps to, to put on a young kid. I think that call is actually on the money. I, I hadn't heard that. As soon as you said Peachy, I was nodding my head because that is a very fair comparison. There, There is a, a lot of similarities between the players. Sloan... That's his position. He'll play, barring injury, I believe he will be the fullback every single game this year. Uh, he, he played quite well, I thought, in the All-Stars game. He showed a lot in his four appearances, I think it was, last season. They'll give him the chance to develop and grow. Uh, I, I quite like him. I think he's a, a real talented player. He's got a real sniff for the ball. He follows it around. That's why he scores a lot of tries. If there's a break, he is there. He's mighty quick too, so... I like Sloan. Uh, I think he's in for a good season. I won't say a great season because it's hard to have a great season if you're going to, you know, potentially run run as worst as last. But super coach wise, I've seen him pop up in a few sides. And look, at initial build, he was in my side too because a fullback of this nature being available at centre is, yeah, like let's get on it. But that draw is very worrying and the price is let's say awkward i was willing to pay it up up front but given that draw and a, you know a few good defensive sides in there Parramatta's quite a good defensive side most of the time penrith is obviously elite i think cronulla will be a good very good side this year therefore i think their defense will improve with a you know or uh, fitzgibbon coming from the roosters probably defense orientated the warriors have a very good pack, so they won't be the easiest team to run over. And then we've got South Sydney, who obviously made last year's grand final. So for me, it's a recipe for no, don't pick him. Uh, wait and see. Maybe around Origin or something like that, you could you know put him in your centres and and hopefully play him over buys or something like that. But in general, I would be avoiding. I've actually got him. No, I don't. I've got him as one of my X factors. But um, I was about to say he's one of my traps, but he's actually not. I, I like Sloan, but I wouldn't pick him in Supercoach to sum up. He's priced himself out. So 447K, owned by 7% of teams. I think that's just too high. I mean, let's just look at his scores from last year. So he played the Raiders in rounds 15, a full-strength full Raiders side. He played Manly in round 19, a full-strength Manly side. And he played the Bunnies in round 20, a full-strength Bunny side. And in those games, he went 35, 55, 43 against full-strength full sides. Round 24, he played the... Cowboys, who just wanted to get the season over with, scored 91. And round 25, he played the Bunnies, but remember that Bunny side had no one. That was the game where I think Lockie Elias played. Like, that was basically the reserve grade Bunny side, and he put on 95 points. So he's yet to be proven against anyone semi-decent. And, yeah, he's priced himself out with two scores at the back end of last year against reserve grade sides with 1990. He is 100K too much for me. And, yeah, that, that draw that you mentioned, Brew, it does not help him his case one bit. I understand fullback playing centre wing, awesome. He glides across the field. He's definitely popping up in, in places that you don't expect him to pop up. But that Dragons draw to start with is, is not good for me. And I'd be avoiding Tyrell Sloan. I understand that he's available at centre wing, which is handy. But, yeah, just too awkward of a price with a really, really dodgy draw. We'll move on, move on to the wingers, mate. One of them, Michaeli Ravalawa. Picks himself uh, has been kind of a stalwart for 
the Dragons for the past three years or so. When he's fit, he plays, and he's very, very handy. Does make a few defensive errors, but he still possesses enough upside for the Dragons to keep picking him. And the other wing spot is up for debate. Now, it's going to be very hard for myself to not to include Cody Ramsey in my side. He has been given the five jersey in my predicted 17, uh, comparing uh, and joining Michaeli Ravalawa on the other wing. Who is the wingers that you picked? And please tell me Cody Ramsey gets the spot. My wingers, uh, wait for it, Michaeli Ravalawa, obviously. Um, he's... There's no threat to that at all. He yeah, has yeah, that get, jersey. Get to the next one. My other winger is actually Moses Suli. I've got Moses Suli out on the other wing. You're uh, no myself, fun. I look, Cody Ramsey could displace Suli for that wing, but otherwise he's not in my top 17. I hate you. Um, I've got Moses Suli in my centers. <laughs> I've got Moses Suli pair- in my centers pairing with Zach Lomax, who. I'm pretty keen on one of these centers this year, and Moses Sully is not the one I'm keen on. Uh, I'll I'll say mine, and then I will speak about Zach Lomax. Uh, I've got Zach Lomax and Talatau Amone. I know you said there's no way to fit all three in, but I know he was training in the centers. I know there is rumors that he will probably play six as well, and Sullivan may miss out. But personally, I think that they're going to try and get some youth and experience into these kids. Fair chance Ben Hunt probably leaves the club at the end of the season. It will do them the world of good to do so. So I've gone with Amoni in the centres, partnering with Zach Lomax. Regarding Lomax, I love Zach Lomax. I, I remember speaking midway through last year when he was getting injured and looking at the price guy, and this guy is going to be a must start to start next season. Unfortunately, as it's played out, the Dragons have a pretty average lineup on paper and they've got a really stinking draw to start. He is someone I'm definitely going to be eyeing off as soon as I can get him in, as soon as he bottoms out to whatever price that is, I'm going to be trying to jump on this fella because he's got an outstanding base, an outstanding work rate. He's also a goal kicker. Now, despite being a bad side, that looks like a side to me that can certainly score points when you've got guys like Lomax and Rebelawa and Tyler L. Sloan. Ben Hunt's a very you know, creative player. You can certainly make breaks and put people in decent areas. So I think at times the Dragons might have a poor record, but I still think they'll score points, which means that Lomax will get that added bonus of of the goal kicking. So Lomax for me is a real guy that could be after 10 rounds, you're sitting there going, how is he in the top 10 centers this season? So I've definitely got an eye on him. I will forever be burnt by Zach Lomax because I brought him in the week he did his hand, <laughs> which was heartbreaking. That kind of summed up my season last year. But before he did his hand, he was averaging like high 60. I think he was averaging like 68. And he has the fantastic base. He's got the fantastic ceiling as well. One of the top five goal kickers in the competition, I think it's fair to say. Like he is he is a lead off the tee. He pos- possesses all the upside in the world, but the problem is the side that he's in. If he was in any other side, I'd be all over him to start. Um, but yeah, four ninety six k probably a touch too expensive for this dragon side that I will eventually own um, midway through the season. Like he came back last year, it it was pretty clear that he wasn't fit. Like his hand wasn't one hundred percent. He tailed off a little bit at the back end of last year, but before he had, he had his injury, yeah, he was averaging like high sixties, like anywhere from I think it was sixty six to sixty eight from memory. And absolutely, that's the reason why I was very keen on him. Um, I don't hate your Ramon shout. 
I really want to see him wearing the six because he's 280K and Jaden Sullivan is 380K. So I'd much rather the, the cheaper guy play in the six. Um, but we'll touch on that. I mean, I've got uh, Tal Talmon in, in my side and he's pairing Ben Hunt in my halves. No surprise there. I can basically guarantee that you've picked Jaden Sullivan as your six. Jaden Sullivan hasn't found a spot in my 17 because the 14 is locked up by... Um, someone, and yeah, I just, I just couldn't find a spot for Sullivan in my side, despite how good he is, and I know that Anthony Griffin has uh, huge wraps on him, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the dynamic over the trials, which will be happening this weekend, which I'm I'm really keen for when you guys listen to this podcast. Uh, one of the trials will be playing basically 6 o'clock on Friday, so yeah, really keen to see some oh, footy yes. back, but Ben Hunt, he picks himself um, Queensland 7, oh sorry, Queensland Utility, um, Handy, I don't think he... I'm curious as to where you think he ends up. Do you think he goes to Redcliffe at at season's end? Yeah, I, I think it's a big possibility that Ben Hunt goes back to Queensland. He's, I don't expect him to go back to the Broncos. Um, wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, they knocked on his door, but they've already got Reynolds. So unless Ben Hunt wants to play no. six, which he hasn't done a lot of, I'm expecting that the Dolphins do come knocking on the door and say, hey, Ben, do you want to do you want to be our seven, one of our marquee men? Um, I don't think he's going to get another ridiculous contract like the Dragons, Dragons offered him, but I think he'll get still get decent coin. You know, there's talk. Oh, he's, he's a very handy yeah. footballer still. Like, people will laugh at the grand final, but he's, yeah. still, he's still a very good halfback. Oh, look, you know, you know me. I use that gif all the time and... I make a mockery of that all the time because it's one of my favorite moments in football, to be honest, but no disrespect to Ben Hunt. He, he's a very talented player. And unfortunately the dragons simply haven't been able to make it work. They've had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of great starts to seasons, which they've just tailed off and ended up, you know, first in July and ninth or eighth in September or August. And that's just been their recipe for so long now, but, it's not Ben Hunt's fault, in my opinion. I think he's still a very quality player. What I was going to say is that there's rumours coming out today that, you know, Cameron Munster's about to get offered a, a mega deal to stay with um, Melbourne for five years for 800k a year. Now, I don't know what Melbourne is smoking, but that's not mega money. Yeah, uh, I ben Hunt could... When I, could read, um, when, I read the hi- when I read the headline saying Munster, like mega money, mega money Munster, I was expecting like... 1.2 million a 1. year. 1.1 mil, yeah. But yeah, 800k yeah, is like kind of market value for Munster, I feel. So at least like there's other players that are getting that type of money, like your Reese Walsh's and stuff, I think are getting that money. And I would take Munster in a heartbeat over them. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Hunt goes up to the Dolphins and gets 700k a year or something like that. And, you know, signs on for two or three seasons and gets them started you know, a little bit like um, Preston Campbell did at the Titans yeah. when they when they came around. Going back to what we were supposed to be discussing, Sullivan is my six and Hunt is my seven, obviously. Now, spoiler alert, you alluded to it, but Moses Embai in the 14, he's such a wasted signing for me. I, I just feel like if he wasn't there, I would just play a Monet at six. In Sullivan at Pick 14. a normal back line and put Sullivan in the 14. You don't know what his role is. Well, okay, cool. Play him in the 14 until you figure out what his role is or until Ben Hunt leaves the club and then you can move him into the seven if you don't go and poach someone else. Hey, I'll pose you, I'll pose I, you a question. Let's say Sullivan gets picked at six. Do you run Sullivan and Randall up top? 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because Sullivan's available 5'8 no. hooker. No, look, if something happened to McCulloch and Sullivan played nine, then that would be an option. Let's say McCulloch were to get injured in a trial or something like that. And then rumors came out that he was going to play nine. I'd consider that, but not playing in the halves for a club. That's got a really stinker draw to start. That's definitely not something I would do. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. 388k is kind of an awkward price as well. That's why I'd much rather see uh Taltown own play at the six get 280k much more appealing at five, eight center wing. Um, but you can make a case for Sullivan. If you're looking for, yeah, some more hooker depth. If you want to go two cheapies up top, I definitely don't hate that. Um, I agree with your sentiment there. If they, 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 they had Sullivan coming. I can't remember when the Moses and by signing was announced. If it was announced before the season's end, then I apologize. But the way that Sullivan came off the bench last year and sort of gave spark through the middle when Andrew McCulloch did his stint, he was really good. So exactly. I don't really see why we signed Moses and by when you can get Taltown Moan, not Taltown Moan, when you can get Jaden Sullivan to do it cheaper and you can develop Taltown Moan in, in the six. So just my personal two cents, this is why I don't really understand the Dragons recruitment. Um, and I know that Anthony Griffin loves his juniors. So why not just give more playing time in preferred positions to those guys? I mean, we, we know Moan is a fantastic six, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but nothing to really touch on. If Amon wears a six, we pick him, we pick him at center wing, we pick him at five, eighth, whatever. He's 280 K starting half. Take him. Uh, if it's Sullivan, it's kind of an awkward price. It's close to 400 K. I'd be giving him a miss personally. Uh, and Ben Hunt, he's lost hooker. If he was halfback hooker, his stocks are a lot better than what they are, but him at halfback only is a bit of a pass for me as well. Let's move into the piggies, mate. Um, and I've got one marquee signing not starting, and that's Aaron Woods. He doesn't make his way into my starting side. I've got Blake Laurie uh, locking down one front row spot. I've got Andrew McCulloch, obviously, in the middle. And I've got Jack DeBellin playing the other prop spot as well. So we've got Laurie, McCulloch, and DeBellin as my props. Interesting. We actually agree on something. I have the exact same setup. Um, my only issue, and I'll get to this later, is the lineup as we've discussed it and probably we'll discuss the next story, I'm guessing are the same as well. It just leaves such a dad's army of a bench and such a boring side. Really? I really hate it. Now, Laurie deserves the eight. Uh, He's played quite well. Not really a super coach option. Jack DeBellin in the 10. He is a super coach option. Um, Not for me personally. Already discussed that. Not going near the bloke. Don't like him, but he's definitely, He's definitely got potential to be a real smoky to start the season. Their draw is irrelevant as a forward. See, He's going to have the work rate. Uh, I, I don't hate it. I think he reeks of trap more than I look at it because you've got Josh McGuire there who's going to come back and take middle minutes. So what, what, Are you giving him a blowy in the preseason? I, was, we I was. This is the beauty of Supercoach because now we can change <laughs> we can, we, we can change our opinions. I, more, I'm now I'm now saying, look, I hate the bloke, but I don't mind if you pick him. And you're saying, no, he's a trap. No, I've, and we've I've, gone I've, a complete I've 360. I've turned. Um, no, I just I just worry that like this bench that we've picked or that the bench that I've picked is so like middle heavy. 
And I mean, one one back rower is playing big minutes apparently by the by the sounds of what the coach says. So where are the rest of the rotation going to come from? And I just feel like Jack DeBellin just rotates through. Unless what they do is, I don't know, like Jack Bird is Bruin Ice 13. So we'll, we'll get that out of the end now. Maybe what, you know that. Because I know. I know. We've got, we got tell it. <laughs> Tell, telekinesis. He is, my, he is my 13 and so like, in what ha- sewer are the edges. Yeah. It's quite obvious that they're, we've got the same 13. They're the exact same as mine. So, like, what happens when Josh McGuire comes back? Because, like, I don't think Blake Laurie drops out. Does Jack DeBellin move down to 13? Does, like, Tarek Sims or Jaden Seward drop to the bench? Does Jack Bird go into the back row? And then, Jack De- like, Jack DeBellin plays big minutes at 13? I feel like there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, ifs... There's a lot of ifs right, and hurdles well, that we have to jump through for Jack DeBellin to be, like, a safe pick that is more than just a five or six week play. See, this is why I never shave, by the way, anyone watching this, my neck is so itchy. Um, so I'm just going to rattle through the names here and finish it off. It'll make this discussion a lot easier. So we have the same sewer team. and Sims are the edges. Bird is the lock. Moses Sambo is the 14. Josh Kerr's my 15. Woods, Maguire, Burgess, and obviously Maguire and Burgess interchange based on suspension. Ooh, my see- problem Sorry, I've I've got Embi at fourteen, Woods, George Burgess, Tyrell Flu Flu Mayona at uh, seventeen. I feel like you've got to have some kind of edge there. And that means guys like Francis Molo, Jackson Ford, Josh Kerr, and Jaden Sullivan all miss out in my seventeen. But go on. Yeah, so I've got Kerr in, so and I've got him rotating through any edge spot that they would need because the reason is is that Bird can move. So if you want to give Sims a spell or give Sura a spell, you can move Bird to where you want. Uh, Kerr can still play on the edge. He's done it before. He can play in the middle. He can play prop. He's, he's very versatile, so I like that pick. To be honest, the problem I have is that you've got Woods, you've got Maguire, you've got Burgess, and they're, well, I suppose you want to say marquee names. Do they even have a spot in the side? Like, we spoke about, or you, sorry, you just spoke about Jackson Ford and these names of the blokes that are missing out. And I sit there and go, you know what? Are they not a better side to have the more youthful, impactful players than have the experienced guys who are coming off the bench? Like, like for me, it should be Burgess or Woods. What is, pick, pick your veteran. What is Woods going to? Pro- what is Woods going to provide? Like, and and I don't want to come across too harsh, but what is Aaron Woods going to give you that Jackson Ford can't? And that's the question that I really... This is what I don't understand about this recruitment. What is what is Aaron Woods in 2022 going to give you that's so much greater than Jackson Ford or Josh Kerr or even Francis Molo for that extent? I agree. Like in ter- He will give you leadership, I suppose. They love that term. Uh, and he'll give you experience for the boys. But honestly, if you want to get experience for the boys, just put him in the 18 or the 19 and have him hang around the club for the season because I think it's going to impact you overall. It might sure up your defense a little bit, but it might also impact it because they're not going to have the same fitness levels as the blokes who are 10 years younger than them. I mean, do, And they're not going to have the same impact in offense just don't as release, the blokes that... Just don't release Paul Vaughan. He can do that job well, and do it yeah. a lot better. Look, releasing Paul Vaughan, like, I, I get it, but at the same time, has anyone bashed the Bulldogs for signing this guy? Exactly. No one has. Everyone said, oh, geez, that's a good pickup. We know he did wrong, and that's fine. People do wrong. But to be honest with you, I'd rather a player break a COVID rule and, and chuck a barbecue or whatever than go out and bash his misses like half the blokes in the NRL do. So from an image perspective, 
sure Paul Vaughan did a, did the wrong and the other blokes have done a wrong, but which one's really worse Bruger. in terms of image for the club? Barugo's a whack on half the NRL. Well, I'm just saying, like, if they had kept Vaughan, I don't think anyone would have gone, oh, no, it's not. It's not like the Broncos. It's not, it's not like the Broncos. Mates over. It's not like the Broncos keeping Matt Lodge. Like, you know what I mean? And but the Broncos got through the Matt Lodge thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. The headlines are you know Matt Lodge the you know whatever he was. I can't even remember the psychopath in New York. But everyone's forgotten about that. All anyone talks about Matt Lodge now is is that he's a psychopath on the field or a dumbass. Like no one's talking about what he did all those years ago anymore. And I losing Vaughan was idiotic and then you go and pick up Burgess who's you know I don't know how he went in Wigan last season but we know he's had a hip replacement you know a hip replacement's normally something that a grandmother has so he's, he's going to have less mobility um, I don't know what he's going to offer that the young guys couldn't offer and I just look at the benches around the NRL and go how many benches in the NRL have an average age of like 32 do the Roosters have a bench like that? I mean, the Redcliffe, Dolph- Ma- the Redcliffe Dolphins next year. Well, but yeah. In, basically, to, to, to summarise a five-minute rant, there is no one from the Dragons forward pack that I really like apart from Jack Bird. And Hook Griffin come out and said that he's going to be playing big minutes through the middle um, or, an, or an edge. I don't see where he gets in on the edge. I don't think you've signed Sewer to not play him. And it's pretty tough on Tarek Sims to drop him after the best season that he's ever had. And so I really, I really like him through the middle. Uh, a couple of key stats, Jack Bird averaged 65 points a game through four starts playing in the back row. So he can definitely get through work. Um, Hook Griffin also come out and said that they wanted to just ease him in last year. So that's why they played him in the centres. They wanted him just to get some Ks in the legs, get him through a full season unscathed and sweet. He was ruled out of the All-Star game with uh, Achilles tightness. Now, if you go listen to the interview with Hook, it was basically signaled that, yeah, Jack Bird wanted to play, but the Dragons just wanted to keep him for round one. So, I mean, Achilles' Achilles tears can keep happening, but, like, an Achilles strain, I'm not too fussed on. It just seemed like it was a bit of soreness that Jack Bird wanted to go through. The problem being, he's 499k. It's a bit steep for me playing lock. If he was, on the, if he was guaranteed an edge spot, I'd be paying it, similar to you and Aiken. But playing 13 puts me off a little bit less than playing through edge. I'll counter-argue that, and I'll counter-argue it based on something I keep seeing on the internet at the moment. People keep saying that, oh, I'm not interested in Ewan Aitken or Jack Bird, etc., because they're not high upside centres. I'd rather a centre with high upside. Okay, I get that. Last year's did change things. We, we had... We had centers scoring 150 to 200 points, literally. But were they doing that to start the season? Yeah, you've still got to have some kind of consistency. Like it's all well and like, good. It's all well and good to have guys like Coates, Saab, uh, Hamiso, like all these guys with huge upside. But like you got to be prepared for your center wings combined to score 41 week. I like I know that you've got to have these these high upside guys, and and I'm moving towards that as well. But you've still got to have the guys going to punch out 60. And, like, if Jack Bird and Ewan Aikens can score a try, there's 100 points. And we saw them do it last year. Exactly. And Jack Bird's a very creative player, and I'm sure he will get some type of attacking points, regardless if he's playing centre lock or edge. He's going to get something. So on top of the base and probably, say, the, the tackle busts in particular, if I've got a Jack Bird that could 
let's say, let's say worst case scenario. Let's say he doesn't have a great start to the season. Jack Bird's still probably going to get fifty five. If you're getting fifty five over the first month and you've got say two hundred and twenty points versus another guy, let's even just say AJ, right? If people want to really argue, I don't know price comparison wise, but let's say AJ scores a ton and then he gets, you know, a 20 and a 20 and a 20. There's your high upside. Who comes out on top? Yeah. Um, I think Jack Bird is a cheaper version of Josh Curran, to be honest. I mean, they'll both start at 13 and probably rotate through lock when one of their other locks comes off for a spell. So take out the draw. I think that you could probably start with Jack Bird over Curran and they get similar output when it comes to just pure base. Josh Curran might have the higher attacking upside with the first five rounds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, don't, I really don't mind Jack Bird at 499 if he's going to be playing big minutes at 13 and then rotate through an edge. I definitely think there's room for him to have a ceiling uh, in the in the short stints that he has on the edge. But apart from that, man, I don't want to touch any of these Dragons forwards. As you've said, we've got guys like Woods, Burgess, Fui Mayona, Francis Molo, uh, Ford, Kerr, there's other guys I'm missing there as well. Like there's there's plenty of, of middles here and you and I have the same sentiment. Woods or Burgess, not both. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I don't think this old man pack's going to last the longevity. I think if 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 the Dragons are, say, two and six to start the season, and that is a real possibility in my opinion that they do start with about a two and six record, are you going to start asking the questions of your tied forwards that are standing under the goalposts in a very quick game? I know that the rules have been tweaked slightly, but getting the penalty in your in your own end, all that's going to do is make you work more defensively on your goal line. So you're still going to get tired. And if people start putting a lot of points on the Dragons, which, again, I think is going to happen, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with it. And I'm going to want to start looking for the youth. So I think there's a lot of risk with your Maguires and your Woods and whatnot. So it will be interesting. I definitely hate hate the bench with a passion. And I, and I look at the entire eight through 17 and go minus Jack Bird and go, what a boring super coach side. There's just not much there. To be honest with you, I, I like the back line. I think there'll be some, a, 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 not assets, I think there'll be some options across the season that you could um, take a pun on. A Monet, if he's cheap, you know, just take him. If there's no better options, Sloan, as I said, pick your run. Love Jack Bird. I, if I could get Jack Bird in my side at the moment, I would, but I've got a unique kind of setup here, real guns and cows type setup, so he doesn't really fit that mould. But overall, I think it's going to be a bad season for the Dragons, eh? One final question, mate. George Burgess gets named round one. Do we go there or do we not? Because I feel like we're walking into a trap here. If if for a lack of options, then, yeah, I'd probably take him, hope that he makes 80K, 100K, and then cash out. But if anyone cheaper comes around or even say, I think he's 240 seven or six or something like that. If anyone pops up between a 240 and a 270 bracket elsewhere, I'd take that person over Burgess because I honestly think that he's going to be older, he's going to be slower, and he's coming back with a metal hip really concerns me. He's been training since August, apparently. 
But the one thing that I've taken from the from the Hook Griffin interview is he just continually saw George Burgess. Like, he finishes training every day sore. So <laughs> what happens when that piles up and it's no longer training, when it's no longer doing a couple of sprints for a couple of hours, but when it's, it's grind and grit, playing week in, week out, 240k is really awkward. If he was 200, if he was Andrew Fafita, I'm leaning towards more Fafita than George Burgess. If I'm if I'm taking a punt on one of these injury prone forwards, I'm going Fafita over Burgess, and I don't even particularly like Fafita that much. Hundred percent. Not only is he cheaper, we saw that he can still have a nice work rate. He actually scored quite. Yeah, decent but he did this last game. year too. He fell apart after a month. This is what I'm worried about when it comes to Fafita. Uh, he looks fit. Last year he looked banged up. He looked like he was on old man legs, but he he does look fitter and he looks a lot slimmer than he did last season too. And if he's carrying less weight, I think he's less suspect to getting injured. So if Dragon, sorry, if if a feed is named at two hundred five, I will take him absolutely because I think we'll get Moirawa, but I think we're not going to have too much else for the fourth spot. So if Moirawa is your third. You're going to need a fourth. I really hope it's a bottom dollar cow, but I, I think we're going to end up paying two hundred to bring on fifty. I think for that last spot, bring on Max King. Let's let's hope so. Hey, please, that's please. gonna that's gonna round up the Dragons pod today. Sorry, any Dragons fans out there, but it's just it's grim. I feel it's it's Dad's army. It's Moneyball. It's not going to work, and I feel like it's going to set the club back a couple of years when you've got so many promising rookies, but. Oh, look, ultimately, we're all football fans and, you know, we all bash our clubs at, at time. And I've seen Dra- a lot of Dragons fans bashing their club at the moment. I've seen them bashing their club for years, actually. I, I don't think they'll hate on us too much for the words we've said. You know, they they could surprise with the youth in the back line, but I just think the age of the four pack is going to hold them back and they're going to they're gonna have a poor season. You know, there's, a, there's 16 spots, so I think there's 14 clubs that are better, or at least 13. Mate, we've got two. Three, four teams, four teams uh, to finish up. And then we're basically at the pointy end of the season. We're going to do our predictions. We've got a cash cows pod coming up as well. I know people have been hanging out for that. And we've also got something a little Just, bit, um, something a little bit different up our sleeves uh, that Brew and I are pretty keen to, to do on the eve of maybe the eve of teamless Tuesday. We might drop it out Monday. Um, but yeah, definitely got the predictions and the cash cows pod after we do all these team previews. I was going to say, I meant to mention it earlier. If we've, if we've referenced this weekend's trials or anything like that during this podcast, we are pre-recording in bulk so that we can free up some time to do some trial coverage and cash cows and stuff like Josh just spoke about. So I think by the time this is released, it will be after the trials. Yes. So don't get confused. <laughs> um, this should be going out Monday. Yeah, so we're recording this on Wednesday, the week before. So this will be going out Monday, um, but we will definitely do some trial content probably Tuesday, mate. Tuesday, I'm thinking, because the last game ends up on the Monday. I'll sit down with a pen and paper and write down anything that we find interesting, and then we can we can definitely chat about it on Tuesday. Uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed the... Look forward to it. Hopefully you've enjoyed what we have. The South podcast last week, we had Penrith as well, and uh, Parramatta got a lot of love. The Parramatta fans are always... Uh, very passionate bunch. We did actually. We, we did. We got plenty of love on that one, um, mate. That's going to wrap it up for the Dragons Pod. Um, yeah, getting to the pointy end of the preseason. Probably need to stop tinkering my side every day. I need to pick something and stick with it sooner or later. Yeah. Well, what I did was I tried to pick a gun basically in every position almost. 
that I liked. And by doing that, I've built around it. And I quite like it because I've got Haas, I've got Fafita, I've got Damien Cook, I've got Nico Hines, I've got Angus Crichton, Pappenhaus and Teddy. And I look at it and go, I can hold most of them for the entire season. And I like the side around it. So I've stopped tweaking for now, but I'm sure the trials start this Friday night. <laughs> I'll see someone absolutely, you know, go balls out and kill it. And I'll be like, ooh, <laughs> and I'll try a side with him in it. So such is the joys of Supercoach. I probably won't stop tweaking until 7.50 Thursday, the 11th of March, uh, which is five minutes before, Just do us all five a, minutes before lockout. Just do us all a favour and don't start twerking. I don't want the uh, viewers to turn off, Josh. Hey, I know you've lost weight, but that's not a good sight, buddy. Might, might start uh, a deal position only fans. Mate, that's going to do it. <laughs> That's going to do it for today. Uh, hopefully everyone's enjoyed the Dragons podcast. Uh, we've got uh, the Roosters, the Tigers. We've got the Warriors. I think we've got one more that I'm missing. Um, nope, that's no, it. no, that's it. Roosters, that's Warriors, Tigers to finish. Well, cool. So plenty of talking points out of those three sides. Uh, really keen to, to touch on the Roosters. Mate, that's going to do it for today. No problems, mate. Thanks enjoy for, your afternoon. Thanks for joining me. You too. Everyone enjoy your afternoon too. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Ciao for now. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 